Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex's strategy game news, we have updates on Driftlands, Thea 2, Age of Wonders, Planetfall, and much, much more. Hey, Troy, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. This is Troy. No, I'm just kidding. It's Joshua. Hey, Nate, how are you? I'm all right. That was an awful, awful imitation. I don't know what it was. Yeah, you're better with... I do it Troy, so I tried to just go the other way and be as bad as possible. I see. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, Troy, this week, he's on vacation. He is away from the internet. So, Joshua's stepping in and, you know... Ha-ha, uh-huh, suckers. <laughs> well, I appreciate you subbing in for Troy. That's my pleasure. I love doing this stuff. So this week was like pretty light on the news up until like Friday. And then it went crazy in a matter of, I don't know, a couple of hours, a whole bunch of items popped up. So, yeah, ironically, E3 tends to actually put a lot of our game news on pause. Yeah, we'll talk about E3 later. I, I'll say nothing for now. We'll just we'll leave it for the end of the show. All right, good. So then if we're going to leave E3 to the end of the show, why don't we start with some game news? And um, then we got an update for Aggressor's Ancient Rome. All right, let's do this. Excellent. So Aggressor's Ancient Rome is a 4X set in Ancient Rome. Surprise, surprise. Um, it's uh, sort of a traditional 4X, um, but set uh, in, in Roman Empire times, and you can be a bunch of different factions or et cetera, et cetera. So um, the news we got today was we got an updated developer diary. Um, Aggressors is being published by Slytherin, by the way. So Slytherin put this uh, uh, diary up. And it's basically being written by one of the people who's testing the game. And he's talking about uh, his experiences with attempting to mod uh, the game, which I kind of find to be an interesting conversation. The game's not even out yet. We're talking about things you can do to change it. But uh, he was talking about how he's not really a mod kind of guy, which is why they chose him. And he talks about how he was able to turn the game from being a simulation of ancient Rome into one of uh, ancient Holland. And how easy he found the tools to use um, and how intuitive everything was. I mean, uh, you can probably tell by the tone of my voice that this isn't the most thrilling news to me. Um, you know, someone who's you know talking about how great the game is with, you know, oh, there's no problems. It's easy as pie. We'll see what happens when it actually launches. Right. But at the very least, it's good to know that this is an area that they're interested in supporting, that they're trying to make modding as easy for the community as possible, since so many of the games that we enjoy take on really a second, a third, a 20th life, thanks to the people who do mods. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's interesting. Um, yeah. You know, for a game to be good that has modding in it, it you have to have it from the get-go. Yeah. So if you don't put in the mod tools and you don't, I guess, set up your game to be moddable, later on, various people figure it out. But, you know, it's a much more complicated and there's all kinds of workarounds. So that's that's neat. That's cool. So did they say anything else? So was this uh, dev journal update diary? Was this just basically a, about this guy trying to mod the game or was there anything else revealed in there? No, it wasn't really even much of a reveal. I mean, the news was just, hey, we're making the game moddable. We're going to show you how easy it is to do. We had one of our testers come in who's not a big mod guy and look at what able what he was able to create with, you know, a um, little background and, and just a little bit of, uh, of research. It was interesting. Um, it's kind of a neat story. Uh, the person who writes it is, is pretty good. At, you know, it's not uh, interminable to read. And if it's something that's interesting to you, I think it's worth checking out. But, um, you know, the, the summary is basically, yes, we can mod this game, and they feel like it should be something that's fairly easy to do. Okay, fair enough. So in the next news item, so initially, this, so this, uh, I'm going to talk about Driftland, the Magic Revival. And initially, I was just going to discuss how they had won an award at one of the recent cons they attended. 
And then last minute, they drop a new update. And this is the update that releases or adds the dwarves as the third and final playable, well, third or fourth, really depends on if you consider the very, or fifth, maybe, if you consider all the various elven factions in the game as individual races or one race. So, you know, that that's really, a, I guess, a matter of opinion. But it, it's, the dwarves basically have joined the magic world, the Driftland world, and these are dwarves that are, in my opinion, a cross between Tolkien and between Warhammer Fantasy Battles. So these dwarves are kind of anti-magic. These dwarves have a lot of, uh, like, abilities to deal with technology. They have, um, they have some very interesting, unique heroes. They have the Berserker, they have an Engineer, and they have a Geomancer. So they have aerial machines like the glider, the zeppelin, and the frigate. They have all, so that puts together with the regular units that gives them a total of ten units. They have uh, like you know unique unique animations, unique architecture, sounds, music. Basically, they are unique. They also they're also adding a new biome to the game and another additional language, which is why I was saying Tolkien because what he did for. The Lord of the Rings and the, you know, his other stories is that he created Elvish and he went through the whole process of creating this language and it looks like these guys are kind of doing something similar and it's very cool but at the same time it is very labor intensive so I'm curious to see how that turns out. So um, yeah, new race. I'm sure Troy would be really happy because they're not elves. He he's uh, tired of elves and now we have dwarves. And we have all the main races in the game. So basically, moving forward, what they're going to be working on is balance, multiplayer, and the main campaign. And figuring out how all of that's going to work, how all of it's going to be making sure, looking for bugs. So, so far, from what I know from Troy, from his playthroughs, he, he felt that it was a pretty solid game. You know, pretty reliable, not too many crashes, not too many lockups. Actually, I don't think he ever said that he even had one. Maybe a slowdown here and there, but, you know, nothing substantial. So they're going to continue working on it, and we're excited. We're looking forward to it. We're anticipating this game. So, you know, any interest in this game for you? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, if Fantasy 4X is, you know, it's still number two behind Sci-Fi 4X, but it still feels like it's it's a, a little um, underserved at times. I'm still on my endless hunt for the... Well, I guess Endless Legend was really the one Fantasy 4X that really captured my imagination, but I'm always on the lookout for more. So, yeah, I, I, you know, um, everything I've heard you guys talk about with Driftlands and certainly, you know, putting in the effort to do the kind of narrative stuff, like give the dwarves their own language and things like that. I mean, clearly this is a, more than just a, a quick throw-together for these devs. So it's definitely something I'm interested in, for sure. Absolutely. I follow them on Twitter, and they have they usually have updates for Saturday, like Screenshot. So on Twitter, they have a thing called Screenshot Saturday. So all these different devs will post pictures from their games, be it old games, current games, new games, games that are currently under production, you know, under construction. So it's neat. Okay, so, you know, since we're already on a fantasy theme, let's continue rolling down this hill. And this week, this past week, Thea 2, The Shattering, had an update on Kickstarter. And uh, they're talking about the pre-alpha gameplay. So they actually have a video. I, I, look, I watched it. It's, I don't know, it was like 24 and a half minutes, 25 minutes. Got to see a whole bunch of new user interface. Got to see... Like the game being played, animations, movements, things like that. Getting an idea for some of the changes that went down with crafting and recipes. And got to see some stuff I haven't seen before. So it's really, really cool. And the developer, she's talking about you know how they're working the lore. But as part of... So they, they showed it off at Digital Dragons, which is a con in Poland, which focuses on Polish developers and games coming out of Poland. So that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. And uh, she was talking that as they were demoing the game, they were getting lots of good feedback. But at the same time, they started noticing where the game needs a lot more work. So they had planned to have, I guess, a playable alpha maybe for like the Kickstarter backers and whatnot. But they've decided to hold off a little bit more and keep working on the game. And even since Digital Dragons, which was last month, they've already implemented some changes based on feedback. So, I mean, this is how they did it for Thea 1. I mean, not exactly like this because 
Thea 1 had failed two Kickstarters, whereas Thea 2 did really well and succeeded, and they're very happy. Well, I'm happy. I mean, if, you're, if you enjoyed Thea 1 and you saw how they did with Thea 2 with, like, the whole process of the Kickstarter and, you know, the, the continuing development, you'd be happy too. So, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So, another thing is, and this is big, a lot of people that backed them on Kickstarter at the higher levels got to... If I remember correctly, either they could do a quest, they could like write up a quest, they could have a creature in the game, or they could have a character in the game, which includes arts, which includes backstory. Some of them have quest lines and things like that. So what's coming out now is that all that work is mostly done. So have you, if you contributed at that level and you have not heard from Muha Games just yet, get in touch with them because they're reporting that all that work for the most part is done. There's just some final artwork being done, but like all the the hard work, all the lore work, all the questing, all those things are done. And if you haven't heard anything back yet, uh, just check with them just to make sure that they received everything that you sent, that, you know, it's still on track because it would really suck if you supported them at that level and then you don't get your perk. Well, not necessarily you, but the, the idea behind it is that everybody gets to enjoy your work and their work. So, you know, definitely check with them, check your email just to see if there's something in there or not. And I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm actually, this is one of the few games that I'm really, really looking forward to. Though I don't think, I think it's slated for next year, so. The stuff that we've been hearing from them is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think we, I I know I take a very sort of personal interest in Thea too, because I feel like it's something that we've sort of had a partnership with in a lot of ways. Right, right. They, um, you know, we, we were hyping them when they were still just original Thea and no one knew what they were. And, you know, Troy, I think in particular, deserves a lot of credit for telling everybody, hey, hey, this is actually really special. Oh, that was actually me. Oh, see, I'm not trying go. to steal his thunder. I was like, hey, Troy, I got we got in touch by this group. They're working on this game called Thea. He's like, oh, sounds interesting. Tell me about it. So as I'm telling him about it, he's like, card combat, card resolution. Oh, God, I hate that stuff. No, I don't want to do it. I'm like, come on, Troy. <laughs> I checked it out. It is really cool. He changed uh, his mind on that. He really enjoyed it. Yeah, the- right, right. Event. He was like <laughs> very much against it. And then after playing Thea and kind of getting into it, then he, now he's like, wow, that they really did an amazing job. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, Thea, um, you know, that was our game of the year two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we, we get a lot of good media from them. So I do feel like sort of like a personal stake in these games. And the information that we've been getting lately is really exciting. It sounds like they're taking what worked from the first one mm-hmm. and then sort of uh, adding and adjusting and taking what didn't work and making it far better. Building. So, they're building on it. So the It's first- easy to see why you're excited about it because there's a lot of really good stuff. Well, the first game was 4X-like. You didn't really have some of the major elements that a typical 4X has. The second game is going to be a 4X. Yeah, full on. Full on, where you can expand, build cities, you know, do like the typical stuff you do in 4X, but with a twist. You still have all the elements from the first Thea game, so there's the whole survival and roguelike and the whole, you know, that whole aspect of the game and the branching paths to the narrative so it's like crosses with rpg and you know i'm 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 excited i'm really excited i know other people that play thea are also excited yeah i'm hoping that thea 2 is even more successful than thea 1 was and uh we have some more thea 2 content coming soon yep we actually released something recently and we well a couple of weeks back and we have a q a that's going to be up for thea 2 i think in the next week or two it yeah should be up i got to read it because you know Right. right, right. So there's a lot of really cool stuff to look forward to in that. Right. I definitely learned a lot from that interview. Well, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So speaking of games that we're very excited about, let me move us on to the next one, which is a game that I'm super, super excited about, Age of Wonders Planetfall. So uh, the guys who make Age of Wonders made Age of Wonders 3. They're now part of... Um, Paradox. Paradox, yeah. I don't know why that word fell right out of my head, but it did. They're now parts of Paradox, and that means that we get all the things that come with a Paradox game. So that means we're going to start seeing weekly uh, dev diaries, uh, the first of which just posted this past week. Uh So not – I mean, so for a game that I'm really excited about, uh, Age of Wonders 3 is one of my all-time favorite games, not just 4X games, games. Uh, the combat's fantastic. The lore that they create for it is great. If you missed the announcement, this was two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago they announced that uh, they're going to be doing a new uh, edition in the Age of Wonders universe 
only it's going to be science fiction. Oh no, it's more than two weeks. I think it was three weeks. Yeah, time time flies. I, I you know I was on vacation and it maybe felt even like, four weeks. Yeah, my three been or like, four weeks. Yeah, my my whole sense of time is messed up because I was gone for two weeks. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know if, if you missed it. I, I don't know what you've been doing with your life, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's basically going to be the 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 joys and the beauty of, of Age of Wonders gameplay taken into a new direction with science fiction. So I'm very very excited about this. The new dev diary is not the most revolutionary. We're not really learning anything. They just sort of recap everything that we already sort of know. They set up first of all they set up the fact if you do like to follow the dev diaries that you're going to want to be in the paradox. Um, forums now you're not gonna be able to follow them through triumph anymore so that's something that they just called up that you're going to want to you know uh know if you want to follow the game week to week and then mostly they just spend this dev diary setting up what the situation is that they wanted to do um a science fiction age of wonders for a long time they talk about their love of science fiction they misspell star wars but that's okay we still love them um (laughs) and they set up the premise of their game and they talk about what they're trying to do. You know, the vibe that I kind of got from this is a little strange, but uh, and this this shows my age quite a bit. But I remember when uh, Blizzard was working on StarCraft, and the way that it was originally sold was, well, it's Warcraft in space. Mm. And I get the I get the vibe from this in a very similar way. That right now we're thinking about, oh, it's just going to be Age of Wonders, but science fiction, so lasers instead of bows and arrows. And I get the feeling that it's going to be way more than just a palette swap, way more than just a, a difference in, you know, what they call the weapons, that they're they're troopers instead of knights. And that's going to really evolve into something that's special and unique in its own way. I get that similar vibe from this game. So it's definitely worth taking a look at the dev diary, even just to refresh yourself as to what this game is and why there's something to be excited about. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more from them because these dev diaries are, are exciting and I'm excited about this game. Well, my impression from what I know and what I've read is that it's going to be much more similar to Civ Beyond Earth mm. than it is to say something like Alpha Centauri. Definitely. So, so it'll be more like Civ Beyond Earth. Combat will be a lot more detailed, so probably even closer to Pandora, but it's not going to be one unit per tile. It's going to be the same mechanic as in Age of Wonders 3, so it's going to be armies. You're going to have a total of uh, six armies that can reinforce, you know, know, so they're with like in heroes or generals or whatever, you know, leading the armies. It's going to be a little more 4X y too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Three, it's, it's sort of a combat 4X. It's mostly war. And uh, it sounds like uh, Triumph is adding a bunch of other things like diplomacy and right. stuff like that that were very, very thin in Age of Wonders 3. Yeah. They're going to make them far more robust now. Well, that's why I said it's. it makes me think of Civ Beyond Earth. Yeah. The way yeah. So in Beyond Earth, in Civ Beyond Earth, it was about colonizing. Whereas in Planetfall, Age of Wonders Planetfall, it's about... Uh, revitalizing planets that have basically fallen out yeah, due to the collapse me, of the it, empire. Reminds me a bit of Endless Legend. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But Endless Legend happens on one planet. It's Oregon. Right. That's it. Right. Whereas here, it's going to can basically, depending on how you play, as in what your starting position is, the planet type, biomes, all that stuff, might spawn different creatures, which is why I'm making that connection with Beyond Earth, because that's how Beyond yeah. Earth was. So it makes me on- a little nervous to tie it to Beyond Earth, just because Beyond Earth was such a huge disappointment. I, I, you know, I cannot say that it was a huge disappointment. It was not a huge disappointment. It was disappointing. With Rising Tide, it improved. It could have used another expansion to really flesh it out it is what it is i know that triumph is not going to repeat the mistake the firaxis made here no i don't think they will so but you know on the flip side when age of wonders 3 came out it certainly wasn't as good as it turned out to be with the expansions no it got way better as time moved on like significantly better so you know who knows i mean they they have my trust i i mean I was not a fan of the Age of Wonders games prior to Age of Wonders 3. They were there, they were alright, they didn't really draw me in, but Age of Wonders 3, especially with the last expansion, really, really, like, did something. And I was yeah. like, okay, I, I'm, I get it. I, I get it. 
I really get it. And then afterwards, I was so into like the combat. I was just so like enamored with that combat. Then XCOM 2 dropped, and I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. you know? So now they're making correlations, not correlations, but they're making. they're they're saying that they're going to use part of the cover system and destructible terrain and yeah. things of that nature, kind of like in XCOM 2. And I'm like, okay, that's that's very interesting because they definitely took a little... I don't know if they'll admit to it. Fraxis probably won't, but they took some inspiration from how some of the combat things worked in Age of Wonder 3, at least that's what I think. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Triumph took a little bit of inspiration from XCOM 2. So, you know, f- as far as I'm concerned, that's only something that has improved the game, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Okay, well, we're kind of in space now. Yeah, so let's keep in space for a bit. Let's stay in space. So there was a very quick update from Interstellar Space Genesis. This is another game that Troy is super excited about, especially the name. He loves the name. This is the one where you play as Phil Collins trying to take over the universe. Is that right? Yeah, and you you have uh, former members of Genesis that are leading other factions. Yes. And you, let me see who you have. You have... um, Tony Banks. Right. Mike Rutherford. There's... uh, Peter Gabriel. Peter Gabriel, he's your nemesis. Oh, man, that that Peter Gabriel... No. Okay, come on. We're showing way too much knowledge of 70s prog rock, by the way. And and then what happened in the 80s is a result. Yes. Did we just out ourselves again about how old we are Maybe. Yes, people, are, people are like man google doesn't even know what you're talking about it's too old for google yeah. <laughs> too old and too obscure for google anyways so they're gonna instead of having massive updates like rarely not rarely but infrequently they're gonna start doing these little quick updates so today well at the time of recording it's on friday night so on friday June 15th, they released the first quick update. And this one is talking about events. Now, if you don't know what I mean when I say events, think of Galactic Civilizations 3. When you colonize a planet, there are certain events that can happen. Or this can also happen in Stellaris. This can happen in many other games because this is not a unique feature. So they're basically going to have their version of events. And based on what decision you make, there's certain consequences. So they don't really go into too much detail about what that means. But I'm assuming it could be an alignment thing, a good decision, an evil decision, a neutral decision. I'm sure there's all kinds of ramifications to that. Then another thing that they're talking about is like the just like... Um, random events in the game things that pop up in the game and this is again another popular trope in 4x games and when it's missing people are angry and when it's present and it's not done well people are angry and when you have many 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 versions then people say okay Stellaris is good because that's actually one of the best things about Stellaris is all the different events all the exploration events and all the random events and all the <laughs> all the things that can happen throughout the game early mid late game so that's that's definitely making it into interstellar space genesis not the galactic version of the band but the space game and they're also talking about some of the things they're working on. They're doing a lot of work on the art, the 3D models, the 2D models, the music. They're fleshing out like the leader skills and how they work. They're working on, um, and I'm sure they're going to discuss it. They're going to, they say as much, but they're going to discuss that in much more detail in the future. So they're continuing development for it. And so far they're doing a lot of stuff right. Now, I know that Oliver is, I believe, in the closed beta, but he's kind of a... MIA right now because real life got crazy for him the last couple of months. So I'm sure when he gets, you know, it comes up for air, he might chime in on something. That's actually my favorite part of Interstellar Space Genesis right now is if you go to their website, their homepage has a quote from Oliver straight up when you load it. Does it really? Yeah. Okay, I need to check that out. Yeah, good. Please hold while we do this really quickly. No, no, no. We're not, I'm kidding. I'll do it on my own free time. No, do it now. Do it now. No, I can't. I'm recording. If I start picking, people are going to be like, Nate, what's going on? I hear all these weird noises coming from you. And that's that's standard. Weird noises from you as part of the podcast experience. Uh, when, you load, when you load up Interstellar Space Genesis to their homepage, immediately the first thing that pops up is a little Exploraminate logo and a quote from Oliver. Okay. About cool. how much he loves the game. So Very cool. He did do a preview for it that was yes. really well received. 4X so. curmudgeons unite. <laughs> right. Game hey, is man. he's as curmudgeon as they come. Uh, we all are. We really sh- I really shouldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, question for you. So did you notice? Okay, 
before before I ask my question, so this past, like I think in the last couple of days, a couple of members all of a sudden like, hey, Nate, what's going on with this game? I haven't heard anything. Hey, Nate, what's going on with that game? I haven't heard anything. Hey, has anybody heard about this other game? So I reached out to the developers waiting to hear back from some of them. And in the meantime, the Lord of Rigel guys just popped in and they're like, by the way, we're alive. We're working. We're doing this. We're doing that. So we'll... Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so this is one of the cool things, and it came up. It comes up with Thea as well. You can just be posting randomly on our forums, and suddenly the developers themselves will show up and start responding to you. Uh, it's really nice. You know, it's one of the like. I don't think if you're posting on you know IGN's forums that you're suddenly going to hear from the Blizzard guys. But if you post you know on our forums about a game you're really excited about, you never know when you're going to get an answer for one of the devs. Um, recently, the developers for Lords of Rigel popped up on our forums. You can see them on our Steam forums and said that they're actually looking for beta testers for their game. So that's actually really exciting. Um, they feel like the game, is, while definitely incomplete, is in a state where they really feel like they need player feedback. They need to get an idea of what's working and what isn't. And so they've put an invite out there that if you email them, and the email is, I don't read it, um, but you can find it on our on the forums as well. But the It'll e be in the notes. We'll link it in yeah. the notes. And so by it, we, I mean Joe will link it in yes. the notes because he's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't know what we would do without him, seriously. <laughs> Not have notes again for like, he's slowly been backfilling all the old weekly exchanges. So we're probably six to ten episodes short of having notes for everything again and that's it's all really been fantastic. his work it's, yeah. it's awesome he Can't deserves thank him my credit for that it's a thankless job and it's very much appreciated well i thank him all the time yeah. oh yeah i agree go, i'm sorry go ahead continue anyway so um if you're interested in this they say they have 10 steam keys to give out um this is definitely going to be uh speaking of thankless jobs you get to play their broken game which they i'm not saying it's like broken or buggy but it's not done yet, and they say it's not done yet. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to get the opportunity to play something that is not ready, um, and you know play it for probably for at least six months, which is again I'm quoting them um, for six months to sort of help them develop Lord of Rigel and make it as good as it can be. Maybe get them to change the name of it. Anyway, um, no, 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 so that's that's one of the better names. Come on, that's one of the better names. Oh, yeah, God. there's been a lot of wonky names. We need, we need an intervention. <laughs> um, in any case, we're too uh, small so, for an intervention. <laughs> this is, um, you know, this is an opportunity. If you've ever always wanted to be involved with game development, if you've wanted to make an impact and things like that, if you're willing, you've got free time and you're willing to suffer, uh, this might be a, this might be interesting to you. And if it is, you can email them at contact at rhombus studios.net and, um, or you can message them in social media and uh, let them know why you'd like to test, and they may give you one of their keys and let you uh, slave away in their dungeons for a little while. I think you but also have to sign an NDA, too. I'm sure you do. Sure, sure, sure you do. Uh, you also will not get paid. But, you know, for some people, there's payment enough in getting a chance to have an impact on a game they're excited about, um, getting to really make a contribution to 4X and 4X Gaming, and if that's something that appeals to you, um, this is a, you know, I would say a very rare opportunity for a dev to just reach out and say, hey, you're a fan, you're interested, come come help us. Uh-huh. Sounds good. Keep going. Keep going. What's What you got? What else you got? On Lords of Rigel? Or anything. On anything. All right, hang on one sec. What am I moving to next? Oh, yes. So next up is another game that I'm very excited about, although my excitement has been tempered by recent legal issues, and that's Star Control. Mm -hmm. While the lawsuits and the counter lawsuits and the counter counter lawsuits move forward, um, the development on Star Control is also moving forward. Um, so Stardock gave us a new trailer during the week of E3, which is either very well timed or sort of poorly timed, depending on how you think about it. And so this is the really the first full trailer that we're getting for Star Control Origins. Uh, not a little bit of gameplay in there. Mostly a lot of, um, you know, looking at what the aliens are like, what some of the interactions are like, a little bit of the story. Um, the music is great. They did a little bit of a remix of the original Star Control hyperspace tune. It sounds really good. It gives me a lot of hope for what they're doing. The aliens look interesting. They look unique. Um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's coming together. You know, they sent us out a beta where you could just play around with ship content. Mm -hmm. content oh, ship, the ship combat. combat. Mm -hmm. 
And it was a little off-putting, I think. You know, it was meant to be like, oh, look at all the cool stuff we're doing. But in the end, I think it was so blind, it was impossible to appreciate what they're trying to accomplish. This trailer got me very excited. This trailer looks like they're on the right track to doing something good with this IP that is true to it without being repetitive of it. Very true, very true. And actually, since you mentioned the music, I th I believe that one of the original people that did the music for Star Control 2 has joined the project. It so sounds like music. it. It sounds like so. it. It's really good. I recommend going to watch the trailer. It's really quick. It really gives you a feel for what they're going for with the game. It it's it's nice. They did a nice job so Very far. Cool. Well, they were they showed it off. They uh, revealed the trailer or premiered the trailer at E3 during the PC gaming show. Yes. So that was one of the highlights of that. So. Yeah, okay. in some ways, it's a small enough game and small enough developer that I kind of wish that they wouldn't try to compete with you know some of the bigger names and bigger things because I think it would have gotten more coverage than it did. It kind of came and went. Anyway, that's a whole other different discussion. Yeah. Right, so well, hey, they gotta try. You know, I understand. That if they don't, they don't promote their own games. Certainly, nobody else will. Oh no, I'm not saying so. they shouldn't promote. I'm just saying maybe they promote the week after. Uh, anyway, that's well, they might do that anyways. Yeah. Yeah. In any case, check it out. It's a really good trailer. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, the last bit um, that I'm going to talk about is uh, Surviving Mars got an update this uh -huh. week. Got a new right. free DLC uh, called the Mysteries Resupply Pack, and that is free. So if you log in, if you have the game, you can uh, you'll get that pack. And as they say, it's a totally free DLC that basically resupplies your mysteries. So um, I'm, my review of Surviving Mars also was about a month ago. Um, I really enjoyed Surviving Mars. I really liked playing it. I think it's got some smart ideas, good ideas that you're not seeing in City Builders. I highly recommend it. But the mysteries were probably my least favorite part of the game. Okay. The thing that I felt like really works for Surviving Mars is when it gives you the feel of doing something that's within the bounds of reality. Ah, and, that, and the mysteries pulled you out? And the mysteries are so science fiction that it just... It, to me, it sort of it ripped the cover off the feel of the game. Mm. Um, if they had done these mysteries on Avon Colony, which I know is a different game by a different developer, that would be fine because Avon Colony has a very sci-fi feel to it. Right. And obviously, Surviving Mars is sci-fi, but it oh, has absolutely. Sort of veneer absolutely. of hard science fiction, mm -hmm. where what you're doing, especially in the early going, feels really super plausible. In the article I wrote, I compared it a lot to The Martian by Andy Weir which was very well researched. And even though there are some things that are true in that book and some things that are ridiculous, it gives the feeling of truthiness. So <laughs> you feel like, oh, this could happen. This feels well researched. It feels scientific. And Surviving Mars captures that same sort of vibe uh, until the mysteries start showing up and it just doesn't feel believable anymore. Um, so not my favorite part of the content. That said, they did add three new mysteries um, that are there for you to play with. Uh, you know, when, when you said, oh, we've got a new DLC, it's really exciting, I got really excited, this isn't the content that I was the most excited uh, about. Well. I mean, if, if you're, I don't, I don't think, if, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, there, there are four, um, you know, there are comments under these. If you're playing Surviving uh, Mars and you felt like, yeah, the one thing that's really killing me is the repetitiveness of the mysteries, then, all right, I guess I'm wrong. I, to me, it's not the thing that's really holding the game back or that's an issue. To me, it's more of the mid-game. Right. That needs some love and attention. But, you know, if, if this was your issue and then, you know, that here you go. Three new mysteries. Right? At, at the very least, is very, very good that they're continuing to spend time on the game, that they're continuing to add content. Mm -hmm. It's a it's very exciting, especially free content. Yeah, free this content. is the second bit. The first the first piece of free content they released a couple of weeks back were yes. the, the city hubs. The different yes, and I like city that. hubs. I thought that was a much, that update was way more up my alley than this one is. OK. Not that everything has to serve as Joshua, just most things. <laughs> no ego at all. None. In case you guys wonder, Joshua has no ego at all. None whatsoever. I'm a giving soul. That's right. Okay, well, we kind of, uh, I guess we went on a slightly fantastical journey here with these mysteries. So let's continue briefly and with an update. So this is another game that is probably my top five, if not my top three most anticipated games for this year, and that is Phoenix Point. And this update is not so much about all this cool new stuff that they're releasing. It is more about 
you know, get people to open their wallets and get more games. They've put up some premium games on the service. And by premium, I mean games that are going to be new releases. So it's not like, oh, this game's a year old. So, okay, like the, on the PlayStation Store for some older games, every month they circulate different games and you can check out this game, that game. No, these are games that are going to unrelease. If you subscribe to the service, you get full access to it. So there's going to be a link to some of the things that are were discussed during their E3 presentation. But the thing that I really cared about, not because I'm going to go out and buy an Xbox, but because it might draw a whole lot of eyes to Phoenix Point, is that Phoenix Point is going to be one of these seminal titles that's going to be available for the subscribers at release. And that takes us into, like, you know, the games as a service. And we already kind of see that in 4X with how Paradox does their DLC. And, well, Grand Strategy, and now with Stellaris, you know. And we see that in, um, like, a lot of first-person shooters and things like that. You know, the, the constant online activity, even though it might be a single-player game. You know, you have all this constant content being brought to it. So that's kind of interesting. I find that interesting. I hope that... It turns out the way they hope it does, that not only does it draw attention to their game, but more people go out and buy it for PC. Because, you know, as cool as these ports are on Xbox or PS4 or Switch, the fact that on a PC you can mod, you can update, there's all this stuff through Steam, and I'm pretty sure through uh, GOG as well, That you know, just these constant updates and modding and the community involvement it's a lot more open is i guess the best way i can describe it so i'm curious to see how this turns out and you know i wish him luck and then in slightly other news in the past couple of months i've had an influx of developers of small games um, indie developers so with everything that's going on on steam right now it is very very difficult for small and mid-sized studios to get any attention because there's so much garbage that's flooding steam especially after the the thing that steam did this past week where they're like okay anybody can put anything they want unless it's trolling because we say so or it's offensive because we say so but outside of that we don't care just give us money put it up and we'll let the community figure it out we have all these tools that don't work we have all these things no they don't we're gonna do all these things and all those tools and all this thing and that and the other thing and all these algorithms none of that stuff works it's complete garbage but that's my opinion some people have called me old man yells at cloud not yet no no that comes a little later no i'll tell you why i say that so that that's kind of um i have to present that because what i'm going to follow with is going to make a lot more sense so i've had off the top of my head maybe 10 11 different developers contact me where before in years past we don't get contacted by developers in this frequency in such a short period of time trying to hey you know i'm working on a game check it out we'd really appreciate if you can you know get the word out about the game so usually my response is sure let me see what it is if it's something interesting we'll talk about it if it's not something interesting i'll be like you know i'm really sorry but the community is not interested so the past couple of weeks we've had quite a few games cross my path that are really interesting games and i will be talking about them and that's why i did this whole little you know, setting the foundation because as a result of what's going on on Steam, these developers are not getting attention. So what I want to do is devote a small part of our show towards the tail end of the show and cover some of these games that might not be typically games that we cover. Though this one probably is. So this game is called Hades 9. And let me read off a little description for you because it's if I try to explain it, you're going to be like, what? So this is a persistent open world sci-fi rts rpg hybrid set after the sudden collapse of humanity's grip on the milky way so right off of that you're getting elements of a little bit of warhammer 40k you're getting rts so rts in what sense well it's really two senses two ways either it's terrestrial which means it's kind of like ashes of the singularity or command and conquer or something like that or it's set in space, and if it's set in space, I mean, the best example of that really is Sins of a Solar Empire. So that's kind of what this game is. And Hades 9 is a station. So on the station, you have your command officer, 
and you get like an over-the-shoulder 3D perspective as you move about and you're doing things. So there's a video. There's going to be an attached video that you can check out. Uh, there's also, we'll see how the development progresses. And if we get people saying like, wow, that's really cool. We're interested. We'll definitely maybe do like a little write-up on it or something like that. You know, definitely cover it in the future. So there's going to be a link. Click on it. Check it out in the comments. Let us know what you think. I'm sure the developer is going to be watching to get feedback. But for me, looking from the outside in, it looks cool. And there's a couple of games in the last couple of years that we were following that also were set in space and also had RTS-type combat that never really came out. Not, they just disappeared. And here comes this one. And maybe this game, maybe Hades 9, will fill that niche, fill that hole left by the other ones. I don't want to mention them by name because there were some issues behind the scenes. So I'll just kind of... I don't want to start drama. So I'll just let it be. But to me, that's cool. And to you guys, I hope you like the fact that we're going to be bringing up these games because we're going to try to shine a light on some of these lesser-known studios and hopefully kind of do what happened with Muha, kind of, you know, prop them up a bit. And and just as a disclaimer and full disclosure, we're not getting anything out of this. We're not, there's no back-end deals where, oh, if they sell so many copies, we get money. We don't do that stuff. We never have. We never will. That's not what this is about. You know, if, if we get keys for something, this is keys we give to the community. It's not like we do something with it ourselves. Anything we do, we do for our community. Everything that we, any promotion, any giveaways that we run, we run because it's for our community, not for any personal gain. So I just want to say that again. I want to make sure that people understand that because there's always somebody out there who says, nah, you, you guys are selling out. We're not selling out. Well, I don't think so, at least. I mean, maybe we are. Who knows? Speak I mean, are we selling out? out? I'm totally sold out. Oh, okay. All right, then. I guess we're selling out. If you're sold out, I guess we've, we've all been bought. What can I say? <laughs> so, all right. So, now, I guess let's talk about the E3 in the room. Yes. You want to start? Sure. Go ahead. What would yeah, you like to say? So, um, yeah, E3 was this week. Hooray. Um, got to see a bunch of different games. I wouldn't say there were a lot of huge surprises. Mostly it was uh, larger looks at things that we already knew existed. Um, you know, we knew Spider-Man was coming for PlayStation. We knew Smash Brothers was coming for Switch. Um, I don't think there were any really massive revelations or shocks where, like, your jaw fell off because you couldn't believe such and such existed. Um, but it was a fine show. Cyberpunk 2077 being first person, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I wasn't... I, maybe, was I supposed to be surprised by that? I don't know. The Witcher games were all third person. Yeah, I mean, I guess there were little surprises like that, like the fact that there was a new Smash Brothers and it has every character in it that was ever in Smash Brothers. Yeah, that's... That that's... was a surprise, but it was a surprise within something we knew to expect. Right. Um, you know, I go into this looking to have the game developers get me excited about what's coming... For the most part, I was not excited. Um, it, there's not a lot of happiness out there right now. You know, <laughs> I, I play video games to escape, and I'm not saying that everything's got to be hunky-dory, super cheery, but could we have a few games that aren't set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland? Yeah. Like one or two? It's such a downer. Every wasn't, wasn't that the big thing? Like, we want some stuff set in post-apocalypse? So, well, okay, I got one for you that's not set in post-apocalypse. Red Dead Redemption 2, it's set in pre-apocalypse. Yeah, and they didn't show that one. <laughs> well, because it wasn't post-apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, every game, here's our idea, here's our thing. Well, that sounds interesting. Oh, it's post-apocalypse. Oh, it's post-apocalypse. Uh, can we get a variety of settings? E even, you know, maybe more than one downer setting? I don't know, something. It seems like everybody's playing in the same sandbox, and frankly, it's starting to smell like pee. <laughs> so... I don't know. That that was my biggest that was my biggest issue with it. It's just hard for me to get ramped up for you know downer setting after downer setting. But um, you know the, the graphics look amazing. Um, the games are exciting. I'm, I'm not saying you know that's it. I'm quitting gaming. It's not happening. Um, but I, it would be nice to have you know I, I understand we you know I, I don't I don't think it's too political to say that you know people kind of feel like the world is coming to an end. It's not coming. I mean, people people are really down about you know the future right now. So I understand where it's coming from from a cultural perspective. But to me, the 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 time the best time to do things that are hopeful is when things look down. Right. Um, but eh, this is where we're at. So um, interesting games, good games, um, exciting stuff. But maybe let's try to do something different for once. Okay. So I don't really have a rant. 
I mean, I'm not, nothing that was presented at E3 blew me away. So I wasn't like, oh my God, I, my life is complete now. Though there <laughs> no, were two games, uh-huh. I don't, I don't think there were any games that I felt that way. I mean, I'm, I'm really super excited about Spider-Man. It looks like fun. Yeah, that, that looks interesting, but I don't have a PS4, so. Right, and I'm I mean, excited I, about Smash Brothers because I enjoy Smash Brothers. But okay, that, that looks interesting. But I don't have a switch, so right. I'm over. Um, but the, the, to your point, I, I I agree with you. There was nothing that I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is the thing." So, so for me, there were two games that kind of made me go, "Huh, that's interesting," that I didn't know about. So I knew there are quite a few games that are coming out that I know about. I won't play them. I mean, I'll watch somebody else play them. Actually, I'll make an admission here. I like to watch Christopher Odd play games, certain games. So. Instead of me playing them, sometimes I'll watch how he plays them, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I would have done it different, but now I don't have to do it. So that there's definitely that happening right now. I know, I know I'm not the only person that does that. Anyways, um, so the two games that kind of made me go, hmm, the first one was Gears of War Tactics. So, you that, know... That game uh, is right up your alley. That's, v- right? Thought of, when they announced that, I thought of you immediately. I was like, whoa, all right, that, that's interesting. The other game that caught my attention... I don't know if it's a game or it's going to be an expansion. I don't know how they're going to do it. But the Mario Rabbids XCOM game, XCOM-like, they're yeah. releasing one. Now, I don't know if this is E3 or this is just a Nintendo Direct or something like that. But they're releasing Donkey Kong expansion. the Donkey Kong expansion. And yeah. that, for me, is like, okay, now I have a reason to consider a Switch. So um, it's definitely DLC. Okay. Um, the other so thing, was it E3 or was it a direct? Or where, where they was announced it, it before E3, uh-huh. but they talked about it a little more and showed some more gameplay at E3. Okay, showed that's how right. it was going to work, and some people got to play around with the new content. Apparently, there's a huge amount of new content that goes around DK. Nice. Um, and the other thing I'll say to those of us who do own a Switch um, or who are looking to get a Switch is that game is currently also on sale right now. Ooh. On well, the, uh, at the the Nintendo Switch store, not that Nintendo needs me to market for them, right? But right. Um, just to God forbid uh, we include any footage and they'll copyright us, even though they really can't because we're not. Yes, yeah. this, this is a podcast. Yeah, well, they're not Anyways. that generous. But yeah. just to add a little oil to the fire, that um, the uh, the base game is currently on sale right now, and the DK stuff does look very good. Okay, very cool, very cool. So that's it. I mean, my my gripe is that there were not a lot of. I was expecting more strategy games. I was expecting something like Firaxis didn't announce anything at all, and I would have thought they would. Uh, Paradox, did they announce anything? I was hoping, you know, it was so close to Paradox, to PDXCon, that maybe they just didn't have enough time. And I know, like, this part, this time of summer, a lot of people in Europe are going on vacations. So, you know, probably that plays into it. I just don't but, think E3 is the forum for those kinds of games to be announced. I think to some extent that's why you have PDX Con. Yeah, but um, is that they want to announce those things on their own turf in their own territory and on their own time. But imagine, imagine I'm, if they announce something like that. They used to back in the day. Everybody sure. used E3. But yeah. imagine if like one of the big publishers takes an opportunity. I think that's when you had mentioned earlier about Star Control during the PC gaming show. That's why they announced it because they're like, they know they don't have anybody else really competing with. And them. the news got swallowed up. Well, that's, mm-hmm. hey, you know, that can be said for anything. You know, when you got stuff like Xbox and yeah. PS4 well, that, that's and Nintendo. Sort of and, you know, you have something like Anthem or the new Spider-Man right. game. And those, those things, you know eat a little i mean even paradox which had a huge success with stellaris if right. they went to e3 and announced i don't know uh stellaris 2 right which i'm not recommending they do but yeah no they're no not for if they announced stellaris 2 which for us would be the biggest news of the year and be right. huge and everyone would be talking about it i doubt the major news game news publishers would even blink at it yeah yeah, it's, it's just true. not the right place for our kind of games. You know, it's really for big cinematic, you know, um, people shooting and kissing <laughs> game announcements. Right. And, and space monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, you know, we're, we're, strategy games are great, but they're not. Sex yeah, stuff. it's a niche market. It's definitely a niche market. Yeah. <sighs> a niche market. Anyways. All right. So how about stuff? You've been playing anything lately? I've been playing anything lately. Not that much. You know, I was on vacation, like I said, for about two weeks, and I took a break from even from gaming. What? Um, so I have a lot of stuff that's sort of sitting and waiting for me that I haven't touched as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, God of War, 
Um, I've started playing that. It's a lot of fun on the PlayStation 4, recommended. Um, I need more time to throw my axe at my my pretend son. Um, <laughs> like, I don't have enough, you know, problems parenting for real. I got a parent in the video game, too. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Super Mega Baseball 2 came out. That's I've another heard. one of those games that if you have an Xbox, you can get that bad boy for free at launch. Uh-huh. I don't have an Xbox, but I'm happy to pay for it. Okay. Um, that's a really fun sports game that has sort of the trappings of like a light sort of NBA jam kind of feel. Okay. But the game itself, the underlying baseball game is really solid. They have a nice physics engine. It feels like baseball. That's a lot of fun. Okay. Um, so that's if you're fun. into that sort of thing. Yes, if one is into such things. Right. Um, I find one might enjoy that. But, I mean, even Hearthstone, I took a huge pause from playing Hearthstone. I really just have not. I need to get back into it. I have a game of Stellaris that's just in the early goings. It's just starting to get interesting. So I need to get back into that. Okay. Oh, and Diplomacy, the board game I've been playing at work that's going to ruin all my, uh, it's going to end my career. (laughs) At at this place, at your current place of employment, right? Still, still, still playing that. Still, um, still at at odds with Russia doing, uh, have a a nice alliance with Austria right now. Uh, Germany's basically destroyed. Uh, Italy is in deep trouble. Um, it's been a really interesting game. Uh, When, when I'm done with the game, I've been live, I've been keeping a diary of everything that happens in the game. Uh, when I'm done with it, I'm going to definitely do like a game report about it. Oh, like an know. AAR or something like that? Yeah, yeah. A real in-depth sort of look at, you know, what happened and how it happened and why. I'm not sure where I'm going to post it yet. We'll talk about it, but um, I'll definitely make you sure. Should, right dude, out. you should totally po- write it up. We'll post it on the site. Why not? It's strategy gaming. I, yeah, I, I'll tell yeah. you, it's, it's board game. It's games. a board game, isn't it? Yes, it is a board game. Yeah, so you can do like a like a board game excursion. I would totally do that. Go for it. Yeah, so totally. I guess look for that in the next few months. Okay, I, I'm very curious. Is there somebody in your office named Deborah? No one named Deborah. Okay, so the person who you like least, just name that person Deborah. Say oh. Deborah stabbed you in the back or something. Yeah, you know, well, change everybody's I'll give names, them work names. I'll just refer to them by their countries. Okay, all right. I Perfect. spoke to Italy. Yeah, but then they'll know who they are. If they read it, they can be like, oh, I can't believe he said that about me. They, they all know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Any, if I, I can't write anything bad about them that I haven't already done worse in the game. <laughs> Fair enough. I will concede this point. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's it's not too much of a spoiler to say that I've looked people in the eye and lied to them straight to their faces. That, that game is it's it's been a ton of fun. It's been a wonderful remembrance of why um, board gaming works so well. Uh, why and why you should not play this game at a, at a place you, you want to stay employed at. Really evil, right? Like politics. Yeah, and diplomacy, no international dipl- diplomacy. Yeah. So. As far as me, I haven't really played all that much. It's just I'm getting ready to go on vacation. I'll still participate. I'll still continue to record and stuff like that because I'm just, I don't know. Because you put the Nate in Explorminate. <laughs> I'm not the one who put it in there. Rob put it in there. But he didn't name it Explorminate Rob, did he? <laughs> so this doesn't have the same ring to it. I'm not. <laughs> so anybody has complaints? Uh-uh. Wasn't me. Uh-huh. Wasn't me. So, um, Yeah. But I've I have been playing some BattleTech, and I'm really enjoying the game. There's there's so much depth. I see so much potential to it. If not if because I know they will. That, okay, here's another bit of news. So we talked about it previously, but Paradox bought Hairbrain Schemes, which is yes, the studio. Yes, right. saw that. So they bought them, and now it's an in-house studio, kind of like how they bought Triumph Studios. You know, Age of Wonders three and whatnot. So should be interesting. That means that there's a lot of content down the line coming from Battletech. And I hope it's selling well. There's no with everything that happened with the changes that Steam made, Steam Spy doesn't you know, their their formulas, their algorithms are not as accurate. So I don't know if I can trust that data like I you and trust is a strong word that I'm using. It's a very strong I wouldn't say trust, but we we verified, independently verified some figures from developers who we have good relations with that were willing to reveal to us how much they sold versus how much Steam Spy reported. So the veracity of the data presented was, I'd say, probably within 5 to 10%, depending on the game. And still... All, all things considered. Yeah, all things considered, that's pretty good because 
there's no way to really get that data anywhere else. So some games were like 2%, 3% off. Other games were closer to 10%. But that's because they sold a lot of copies on good old games or Humble Bundle or they sold physical copies because in some parts of the world, like in parts of Europe, you can still f- buy a physical copy. It's not all digital. So anyways, so yeah, so I'm hoping the Battletech sold well because that means... It got that good be coverage. If, if, if coverage is any sign of sales... Oh, yeah. It oh, can yeah. be. Um, you know, they got they got written up at uh, Polygon and Kotaku. Yeah. They, they got good PC articles. Gamer. Yeah, and very complimentary articles as well. In also, major like Three Moves Ahead articles. also likes it. So. Yeah. Um, rock, Paper, Shotgun did not. Oh. I don't like Rock, Paper, Shotgun, so bleh. No, yeah, I was going to say, I think that actually acts as a compliment more for the game. But for the most part, it got no, no, really glowing reviews from places that don't usually cover our kind of games. And so to me, right. that's a pretty good sign that, you know, um, you know, whether it's the tail wagging the dog or the dog wagging the tail, that um, that it, it got good coverage. So that means it's probably got good sales. Yeah. And uh, let me add one more thing to that. So we have a fully written review that's under the final stages of editing. And all I can tell you is... We don't score games like that are not 4X games. But if we did, this would probably get a recommended. And the length of this review is on the level of one of our longer 5X reviews. So keep in mind, this can, when you see it, you're going to be like, whoa. It's, it's detailed and it is long. And I, we've been talking about, oh, should something be cut? And the answer is no. And probably if another two or 3,000 words were used, they would not be cut either. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. It'll be up in the next couple of weeks. It's a really good article. The, it's long, but it's long in a way that's you're not going to be, like, upset about the length of it. If anything, you're going to be sad when it ends. It's, it's really well written, and it's really well done. Absolutely. And I think with that, let's wrap this up. So the usual, thank you for our patrons for supporting us. You make this all possible. Check out our YouTube channel. Lately, more people have been jo- have been following us on Twitch, and that's good because very, very soon we're gonna get back to streaming Tuesday nights and maybe even on a weekend and have some group games, and we'll see how that goes. So you know, we'll we'll be definitely having a lot more regular Twitch activity. Now, one of the writers, he's going to transition to a more more of a video role. So keep well, an eye out for that. Not you, not you. And I'm not going to reveal his name until he makes the transition to it. That's by his choice. It's not because, oh, no, no, you should totally do that instead. He's like, oh, I want to try my hand the videos. All right, sounds good. Let's figure, let's figure out what we need to do for that. So there'll be, some more, there'll be some more videos coming from one of our writers very soon. And, uh, you know, just, just keep an eye out. We've got some good stuff coming up. By the time you hear this, maybe, maybe not. A piece will be posted. So if it's not on Monday, then it'll definitely be on Friday. But its uh, I don't want to reveal it, but this is a game that we like. And it's gotten also good coverage and uh, written really well. So yes, written by a very that. attractive and modest writer. <laughs> very. The most attractive and modest writer. This dude is like an Adonis or something. He like is. That. A cross between Adonis and Plato. Or is it, or is it, or is it Aristotle? Uh, he, sure. he, he's a cross between Adonis. He smells like Plato. It's a big difference. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So that's it. With that, uh, just thank you for listening, and uh, see you next time. Thanks so much. See ya. We'll